You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 71, and let's read verses 1 through 8 together. Ready, begin. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the uh, privilege we have to have a copy of your word and to be able to open the Bible and to read. And I thank you that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God who leads us and guides us and instructs us in the truth of your word. I thank you that there's power in the word of God. And I pray that that uh, word of God tonight that is uh, opened and that is preached and that is presented, I pray that it would go forth with power. Uh, help me not to get in the way. Help me to uh, do everything I can to, to deliver the message as you would have me to do so. I thank you for the wonderful day we've had. I thank you for all of the ministries. I think of the early service and I think of the Sunday school classes and the uh, bus ministry this morning, the junior church. Uh, junior churches. I think of the, the choir and musicians and the nursery workers and uh, those in, on security and those in the sound booth, those in our radio room. I thank you for our teen ministry today. I thank you for the uh, ministries this evening. I thank you for all the ministries that will take place this week. And I pray that we would be faithful and I pray that we would keep our focus on that which is right and that which you've called us to do. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Psalm 71, uh, I'm going to break it down in a kind of a little bit different way. A lot of times I'll just kind of go through each verse or take a few verses at a time. But I want you to notice there are some themes in Psalm 71. I hope it'll be a help to you. Number one, as we look at this psalm, I see David talks about his youth. Notice with me in verse number five, he says, For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust, from my youth. Verse number six, he goes back even further and he says, by thee I have been holden up from the womb. David says from the time I was born, actually even while I was in my mother's womb, David says, I have had God with his hands. He's been holding me up. He's been taking care of me. He's been protecting me. He has been guiding me every step of the way. And then we see again in verse number 17, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. 
You know, the Bible does not tell us a lot about David's youth, but there is one story that we know from David's youth. We know that David was out in the uh, field. He was tending to the sheep and his father called him and he said, David, I want you to go and I want you to check on your brothers. I want you to see how the battle's going and I want you to take the, the provisions for them. And of course, you know, David got there and here he is on the battlefield and he hears a giant on the other side. And that giant is calling out and mocking uh, the armies of God and defying God himself and David, in his youth, he said, somebody's got to do something. And in his youth, he was willing to uh, face the giant. You know, he went before Saul, right? And Saul uh, uh, tried to give him the armor. And, and David, he said, I, I can't use these things. But David, in his youth, was used mightily by God. David learned in his youth to trust God. Now, I think a lot of the Psalms we have, I think they come from the days when David was a young man out in the field tending to the sheep long before he became a, a warrior, long before he became king, uh, long before he became a leader. And I think many of those Psalms are given to us while David was out in the field tending the sheep. I'll give you a, a, a for instance. I think Psalm 8 is one of those Psalms where David says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? I think David in Psalm 19 when he said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I think David was probably out in the field. I think he's probably out watching the sheep in the middle of the night. He's looking up and he's seeing the stars and he's thinking, God made all this. God did all of this. And not only did God do all of this, but he cares about us. Can I tell you, it's so important that we teach and we instruct and we train young people while they are in their youth that we teach them the word of God. It's so important that as, uh, as they are young, that they hear the Bible, that they hear the stories, that they hear the gospel, that they are presented with the fact that Jesus loves the little children. Uh, that they understand that Jesus loved them and gave his life for them. Jesus said in his ministry, he said, Suffer, allow the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Youth is so important. The book of Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And he got to the end of uh, that book in Ecclesiastes, and he said, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Youth is so important. It is so important that while children are young, that they are molded and they are shaped and they are trained to train up a child in the way he should go, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. We see that David in his youth, he had something that he learned. He learned how to trust God. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, let no man despise thy youth. I want to remind us this evening as a church that the youth are the church of tomorrow. The youth is so important. And the youth are not a bother. And the young people are not a problem. Children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is His reward. I want to tell you this, children are a blessing. And God's given us the privilege to have uh, children in our Sunday school classes and in our nurseries and in our, 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 our pastor's pals and our children's choir and our junior church and our master club and on our bus routes. 
And in our Christian school, God has given us the privilege to work with young people. And don't ever underestimate the impact that you can have on a child by teaching them what is right according to the word of God. I'm so thankful that my parents and my wife's parents, they saw the importance of teaching us and training us, training us in the way of the Lord and bringing us to the house of God. I cannot tell you tonight how encouraged I am uh, to see so many parents and grandparents here, here and to see your children going out for pastor's pals and to see so many children in the auditorium, see so many teens in the auditorium. I want to tell you this. It is important that young people are in church. And thank you for saying amen, because if you had not said amen, I would have repeated it a little louder until you said amen. amen. It's so important. And you say, well, pastor, I'm here. And I'm in church, and my parents didn't take me to church. My parents weren't saved, or my parents weren't this or weren't that. I understand all that, but I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that you have come to the point in your life where you got saved and you realize the importance of, of the things of God. And friend, I want to tell you, don't ever think that there's something out in the world that's more important than the Word of God and the things of God. Our young people are counting on us to show them that this is real. This is true. The word of God is the answer for their life. I'm so thankful as a child I went to, I went to the nursery before I was in Sunday school, but I'm glad I was in the nursery. I'm glad I was in Sunday school. I'm glad I had some Sunday school teachers that week after week, year after year, they were faithful to teach those classes. When I was a child, we didn't have master clubs. We had a program called Awana. And in that Awana program, we would memorize scripture on Wednesday nights, much like we do here on Wednesday nights. And I want to tell you, I'm glad that I had a, a lady. Her name was Olive Purdy. Olive Purdy was, I, at the time, I thought that she was, I don't say it's disrespectful, I thought she was old at the time. You know, she was probably like 60. I mean, I just thought that, you know, she came over on the ark or something like that. You know what I mean? But you know what that, that lady taught me? She taught me the importance of memorizing the word of God. And you know what was amazing is after I got through Awana, she kept serving God and she was still faithful. And we'd go back there and she would be there serving God and faithful to the house of God. We had a dear lady that would come to church uh, in Rockford and she would sit behind us right where we would always sit. And our, at our church in Rockford, we would do testimony time about, uh, I say once or twice a year, maybe it's three or four times a year. I'm telling you, her hand was always the first one up. And she'd give a testimony. Here she is again. I thought she was old. She probably wasn't that old. She was probably 70, you know. But she'd give a testimony. And, and it was such a, a sad situation just with, with, with her family situation and all of that. But uh, she, she didn't have her teeth. And whenever she'd give her testimony, she would talk just like this. And it was sometimes hard to understand. But I'm telling you, she'd get testifying and she wasn't cutting it short. She'd start testifying about how good God had been in her life and how God had blessed her and how God had taken care of her. And I want to tell you this. I'm glad that as a child, I got to see some gray heads in the church and see some people that were faithful and people that believed God and they didn't quit when they got to hard spots in their life, but they just stayed faithful. Friend, I want to tell you, David is talking about some things in his life, and he's talking about, number one, his early days, how important it was in his youth. 
Parents, it's so important for our children to learn the Word of God. Teachers, it's so important. Uh, adults, it's so important. Grandparents, it's so important that we teach our children. I'm thankful for our youth group. I'm thankful for Brother Nathan and Miss Grace and all they do with our teens. Uh, we have a teen Sunday school every Sunday morning. And I think if you have a teenager, I think they ought to come to teen Sunday school and be in that class. Wednesday nights, we have a teens on target. And I think it's so important that teens come to church on Wednesday nights and, and get involved in that ministry. We have coming up here in, I guess, about a month or so, and it's too late now to sign up for this. We have a teen college trip. And these teens are going to go visit some Bible colleges. And I understand not every teen is going to go to Bible college. But I think every teenager ought to pray and ask the Lord what he would have them to do. I think every teen should be open to say, God, whatever you have for me, I will say yes, whatever it is that you want me to do. I'm thankful for our youth ministry we have to our community. Brother Nathan every week is involved in the uh, FCA, the Fellowship of Christian uh, Athletes, and that program every, every week. I, I should talk about it more. I don't. I thank the Lord for those ministries. And can I tell you, we need more uh, uh, preaching. We need more spiritual influence. We need more godly influence for our teenagers. So I'm thankful for these teen conferences and teen camps and teen retreats and all those things. I tell you, we put a big emphasis on a lot of other stuff, don't we? We put a big emphasis on sports. I'm not against it. We put a big emphasis on academics, and I'm not against it. We put a big emphasis on a lot of other stuff, but let's put a big emphasis on that which is spiritual, that which is godly. David, number one, he talks about his early days. Number two, he talks about his enemies. Notice verse number four. He says, deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. Verse number 10. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Verse number 13. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. David says, I got some people that are against me. And friend, I hate to break the news to you, but you've got an enemy too. And it's not your neighbor. It's not your fellow church member. Uh, it's not your family. It's not your coworker. It's certainly not your husband or wife. That was kind of quiet. <laughs> Although, Brother uh, Charles mentioned this morning about my wife and I and our marriage, and I had to quickly say we don't have the perfect marriage. If you want to see a perfect marriage, you need to talk to Brother Dan Bybee. <laughs> Brother Dan's got such a good marriage, he gives tips in Sunday school. He gives tips on how to never have an argument on the way to church. It's amazing. He ought to write a book about it. It'd be a, be a bestseller. And, uh, but anyway, uh, your enemy is not a person that is sitting near you or it's not a person outside these walls. Your enemy is the person you look at in the mirror. It's the person I look at in the mirror. It's the old flesh. You know, that old flesh gives me, my flesh gives me more trouble than anybody ever gives me else. You've got the flesh that is your enemy. You've got the world. And I'm talking about the world system. I'm talking about the system of this world that hates God, the, the system of this world that's trying to get God out of the schools and God out of the government and God out of the society. It is that enemy that you have, and you and I have an enemy, Satan, the old devil, the deceiver. He is the enemy. And so you've got an enemy, friend. And David talks about some enemies he had, but I love this. He has a whole lot more to say about his God than he does about his enemies. 
It's like David mentions them, but then he says, let me just tell you about my God. Let me tell you about how good God has been. And don't spend your life focused on the problems. Don't spend your life focused on the negatives. Get your focus on God. Get your focus on the things that are spiritual, the things that God has given you in your life. I see, number one, his early days, his youth. And he says, even from his mother's womb, God took care of him. We see number two, his enemies, but number three, we see David's escape. In verse number one, he says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Verse two, he says, Lord, I need you to deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. He talks about verse number three, God is his strong habitation. God is his rock and his fortress. He says in verse 4, deliver me out of the hand of the wicked. Verse 5, thou art my hope and my trust. And verse 7, thou art my strong refuge. Make haste for my help. David talks about the fact that God is the one that he can run to. God is the one that he can trust. God is the refuge from the enemy. God is the refuge from the attacks of the wicked one. In this psalm, David prays and he asks God, he says, God, please don't fail me. And friend, I want to tell you, you and I will fail the Lord, but I'm glad that he will never fail us. And David says, Lord, please don't fail me. He says, Lord, please don't forsake me. I'll tell you another thing. Hebrews tells us that our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That is the testimony that that dear lady back in Rockford, Illinois, that she would stand up with no teeth and she'd give her testimony and almost without fail, she'd get to Hebrews 13, 5 and she'd say, I'm thankful for the promise where he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And friend, you can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. You can count on it. God will never forsake you. He has promised. And on the authority of his word tonight, I want to tell you, God will not forsake you. And then David says this. He says, Lord, please, don't be far from me. Verse number 12. Oh, God, be not far from me. Friend, I want to be as close to God as I can be. I don't want to see how far away I can get and still be okay. I want to walk with him. I want there to be nothing between my soul and the Savior. David talks about his early days. He talks about his enemies, but then he talks about his escape. But then number four, I want you to see David's exclamation. Now, I'm not great with English, and if you've heard me preach for very long, you know that's true. But... I know that when you get to an end of a sentence, there's a few options you have, right? When you get to the end of a sentence, you can put a punctuation mark called a period. And that's a good thing to do, right? And that's, that's good to do when you're, when you're writing or typing something. Now, text messages, you throw all the punctuation out the window, right? But, but, but it's good to use punctuation, but you can make a statement and put a period at the end. Then there are times where you put a question. Question mark, and you're asking a question, and so you have a question mark. But then there's sometimes where you don't, bless you, by the way, there's, there's sometimes where you don't put a period, and you don't even put a question mark, you put an exclamation point. Now, I have to be honest with you, I find that I do this probably too much when I'm texting or when I'm writing. And I don't mean to, and I hope it's not like screaming at you, you know. I'm sending you a text message, you know, with an exclamation point at the end. 
Or some people like to do all caps, you know, and it's like, calm down, it's going to be okay. <laughs> but I'll get text messages from our staff. I'll get a text message from uh, Miss Odell or Brother Chris or Brother Nathan or Brother Dan, and th th they'll share something with me from the ministry that's good news. And you know what I'll usually say? I'll usually say, wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's great. And it seems like I almost always put an exclamation point after it. Because that's how I would want to say it. If somebody told me, hey, Brother Chris, uh, we had two people got saved at the jail this week. You know, I don't want to say, praise God. <laughs> I mean, that's not how I would react in person. Or Brother Dan says, uh, Pastor, good news. Uh, Miss Kelly did not quit today. Now, she might tomorrow, but she didn't quit today. I would say, hallelujah. I wouldn't say, hallelujah. Brother Nathan sends me a, 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 a text, and often he does this after a teen activity. He'll say, hey, we had this many on the activity, and here's what I love to hear. And we all made it back safely. <laughs> I love getting those texts on Saturday nights. Hallelujah for that. And I'll say, great, thanks so much. And usually it'll be an exclamation point. When he says everybody made it back safely, I don't usually say, so? <laughs> well, why are you bothering me, you know? There's an exclamation. And here's what I want to say about David in Psalm 71. It's almost like this entire psalm is an exclamation. He says in Psalm 71, he says, I'm going to use my mouth and I'm going to mention some things. I'm going to show some things. I'm going to declare some things. I'm going to use my lips. I'm going to use my tongue to talk about how good God is. I want to challenge you this week. Why don't you make some exclamation points this week in talking about God? Why don't you make some exclamations this week about what God has done in your life and how God has come through and how God has been there for you? Uh, if you're focused on the news, you're not going to be that excited. If we focused on sports this week, Duke and Carolina are not even in the tournament, so it's not, even, not anymore. It's not going to be exciting there. But if you're talking about how good God is, it's going to be a good week. If you're talking about all the great things that God has done, it's going to be a week uh, worth uh, shouting. And it's going to be a, a week where you have some joy and you have some rejoicing and you have some praise. And you can be glad because of what God has done. Verse 3, he says, thou art my rock and my fortress. Verse 5, thou art my hope and my trust. Verse number 6, my praise shall be continually of thee. Look at verse number 8. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Verse number 14, I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Verse number 15, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation. Verse 16, I will make mention of thy righteousness. Verse 17, I have declared thy wondrous works. Verse 18, I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Verse 19, thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things? O God, who is like unto thee? Exclamation point. Say, Pastor, why are you reading all of these verses? Don't blame me. I didn't write them. David wrote them. And he's just telling us how good God has been. 
He's just telling us of all the great things that God has done and all of the things that God will do for him. Verse 20, thou shalt quicken me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Verse 21, thou shalt comfort me on every side. Verse 22, I will also praise thee and sing unto thee, O thou holy one of Israel. Verse 23, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee. Verse 24, my tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness. We see his exclamation. Friend, I want to encourage you tonight, let's get our joy back. Let's get our, our excitement back for the things of God. You know, that old devil, he loves to rob you. He loves to steal from you. And one of the things he loves to get is he loves to get your joy. And don't let the devil steal your joy this week. Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice, rejoice. We see the exclamation. Number five, quickly, I want you to see the extent. David talks about how good God is and he talks about praising God. But then he says in verse number three, I will continually resort. He says, I'm going to continually go to God. I'm going to keep on going to God. I'm going to keep on uh, going to God. I'm going to keep on getting back to God. I will continually. But then verse number six, David says at the end of the verse, my praise shall be continually of thee. Here's what David says. I don't want my praise to just be on Sunday. I don't want my praise just to be once in a while. David says, I want my praise to be continual. I want my praise to never stop. Kind of like the AC that's been running all service and it seems like it's never stopped. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's getting a little chilly up here, Brother Curry. Can I tell you, David's extent, he said, I want to continually praise God. Now, friend, I got to ask you, let's talk about being consistent. Let's talk about in our lives, are we so much that we're on again, off again? Are we so much that we praise God when we get something good in the mail? You know, hey, hallelujah, I got a check and not a bill. So God is good. No, God's good when you get the bill in the mail, too. Well, God's good because everybody in my family is healthy today. Well, last time I checked, God was good whether you were healthy or not. You say, well, I'm going to praise the Lord because the sun's shining outside and it's not raining. Well, if you're counting on the weather, if you're counting on the sun to shine or, or, or the rain and that determines your spirit, I got, I got news for you. Don't move to Norway. I was telling the children, children's choir, did you know there is a city in Norway that is located in a valley and the way that the mountains are positioned, they're so high and it's so low in this valley that for six months out of the year, March to September, they do not get any sunshine hitting the town. They have set up mirrors up on the mountains to try to reflect a little bit of sunlight down into that valley. Friend, I want to tell you something. That might be depressing. But that doesn't change the fact that God's good. He's good if you live in Norway. He's good if you live in Florida. He's good if you live in Maine. He's good if you live in Roanoke Rapids. He's good if you live in Gaston. He's good if you live in Littleton. He's good if you live in Halifax. Uh, he's good if you live in Timbuktu. God is good. And David says, my praise shall be continually to thee. Verse number eight. David says, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. 
That means tomorrow morning when you go to work. Hopefully you've had a cup of coffee, but God's still good even when you haven't had the cup of coffee. God's good at lunchtime, and God's good in the afternoon, and God's good in the evening. God's not just good when we're at church, but God's good when we're at home. And God's good when we're at work and school, and God is good wherever we go. And David says, I want to praise God all the day. Look at verse number 14. I will hope continually. I will yet praise thee more and more. You know, some Christians get saved, and they're so excited, and after that, it's kind of downhill. But that's not the way the Christian life ought to be. We ought to be praising God more today than we were yesterday. You ought to be praising God more today than you were last week or last month or last year. We ought to be growing in our praise. And David says, I want to praise him more and more. Verse number 15. Again, he says, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. That, that's, that's morning till night. That is uh, 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 sun up to sundown. That is 24-7 all day long. I want to praise God. Verse number 24, again, he says, I want to show, uh, talk about thy righteousness all the day long. That's the extent of the praise. But number six, I see David talks about the end of his days. Verse number nine David says, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Verse number 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not. Here's the beauty. David says, God was with me in my early days, and God's going to be there at the end of my days. When I'm old, God will not forsake me. When I have no strength, God's strength will still be there to get me through. And David talks about how good God is from the beginning till the end. And friend, I want to tell you, when you get older, when you don't have as much strength, when you feel like you're not as young as you used to be, God's strength can still be made perfect in your life. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And then I'm going to close with this, number seven. I see it in verse number seven. And just a thought, I'm going to, I'm going to end with this. David said, I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. I've read this verse many times, but as I was preparing for this message, I saw that verse, verse seven, and it kind of jumped out at me. Because David says, I am a wonder. That word wonder is a miracle, something unusual. <laughs> Some of us could say, we're unusual too. Some of us could say, we're a miracle. If you could see what I once was, if you could go with me back to where I started from, then I know that you would see a miracle of love that took me in its sweet embrace and made me what I am today. I'm just a sinner that's been saved by grace. The word I'll give you, number seven. David says, I am an enigma. I'm a wonder. I'm a miracle. He said, my family, they can't figure me out. The people that used to know me, they, they can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. God's done something in my life. 
David said, my enemies sure don't know what's going on with me. He said, and sometimes I don't even know all that's going on, but I know this. I'm a miracle. God has taken care of me. God has brought me this far. Don't you know after David killed Goliath, don't you know there were some people scratching their heads saying, what just happened? How does that work? There will be people that will look at your life and they won't be able to figure it out. How could God take a, a bunch of nobodies and how could God take a, a bunch of people like us that we had no hope and, and we, we had no talent, we had nothing great to offer God, but God took somebody and God used us for his honor and for his glory and God took something that the world would throw away and God made it into a treasure for his honor and for his glory. Friend, I want to tell you, I can't believe it. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm here to tell you that God has done something in my life that is a miracle. God saved me. God washed me from my sin. He changed me and he, he, he took me from, from being on my way to hell as a sinner without hope and he washed me and he cleansed me and he put my name in the Lamb's book of life. He put me on the roll of heaven. He's building a mansion for me and someday he's coming to get me. And that is not because of me. That is all because of him. And friend, I hope you never forget that if you're here tonight and you've been saved by the grace of God, you are a living, walking, talking miracle. You are a trophy of God's amazing grace. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.